Welcome to the Gay Men Going Deeper podcast. This is a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. We are your hosts. We have Matt Lansdahl. He's an intuitive life and spiritual coach and counselor specializing in healing and empowerment. We have Michael Delorio, who is a life and wellness coach specializing in sexuality, relationships, and self-confidence. And I'm Reno Johnston, a life coach, business consultant, and director of marketing for the Body Electric School. We each have our own coaching practice, but in this podcast, we're sharing all of our best stuff. And today, we're talking about acceptance and belonging in the gay community. So I would like to start by reading um, an excerpt, a short excerpt from this book that I have, which is... Mm belonging remembering ourselves home and it's by toko turner and um this book i found it in a bookstore in vancouver bc and i read this particular piece and it's what made me buy this book and i i think it's really on topic on point so for the rebels and the misfits the black sheep and the outsiders for the refugees the orphans the scapegoats and the weirdos for the uprooted, the abandoned, the shunned, and invisible ones. May you recognize with increasing vividness that you know what you know. May you give up your allegiance to self-doubt, meekness, and hesitation. May you be willing to be unlikable and in the process be utterly loved. May you be impervious to the wrongful projections of others. And may you deliver your disagreements with precision and grace. May you see with the consummate clarity of nature moving through you that your voice is not only necessary, but desperately needed to sing us out of this muddle. May you feel shored up, supported, entwined, and reassured as you offer yourself and your gifts to the world. May you know for certain that even as you stand by yourself, you are not alone. Love, Tokopa. So I remember reading this, and um, it just, it so spoke to my heart. It so spoke to my heart. And it, 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 it felt like, it felt like um, an invitation, an invitation home, an invitation to love myself, to belong to myself, and to belong in general. Um, so it just felt so perfect to read this piece um, in the context of this conversation about acceptance and belonging. Now, I want to preface by saying that, you know, as I currently experience um, acceptance and belonging, I find acceptance to be sort of this, in some ways, um, this neutral uh, energy, this neutral welcoming energy. When I think of acceptance, I think of an acknowledgement and a sort of, um, I wouldn't even go as far as to say welcoming, but an acknowledgement of what is and what's happening, right? Belonging, um, and, I, and I, I would like to pull up a definition of this word as well. So it's an affinity for a place or a situation, you know, a real sense of belonging. So a feeling of, you know, being comfortable, being happy as part of a particular group or, you know, having a good relationship with other members of the group. And I think that this also extends inward, 
you know, belonging isn't just about belonging externally, but it's also about um, a sort of internal sense of belonging. So I'm really excited to have this conversation and take it in the many directions that it can go. So let's start with, um, you know, our first question, which is in the context of the gay community um, and, and maybe just in general as well, what do you think is responsible for the sort of lack of acceptance and belonging within the gay community? If, if, if that is visible to you, if that's something you observe, um, and I'll let either of you start, whoever, whoever feels like this question sort of jumps out. I'm looking. <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for Matt to start. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to get on my usual soapbox and talk about shame because mm. I feel like that's one of the biggest things. If you look at what toxic shame does is it impairs our ability to, to belong. It impairs our ability to feel safe. It impairs our ability to love ourselves. And it leads to cruelty towards self and others. And that's, I think, the main point is cruelty towards self and others. So when we feel like we are not worthy of love and belonging, why on earth would we want someone else to feel worthy of love and belonging? So we perpetuate that. So it's like, I don't feel safe to sit at the table. So I don't want anyone else sitting at the table as well. Right. And we've used the analogy of the of the crabs in the bucket. And it's like, instead of pulling each other out of the bucket, we're pulling each other back into the bucket. And I think that is done through exclusion and making not ma making people not feel um, included to sit at the table. So I think that's a big piece of it. Uh, if I were to look at it from less of a um, collective and more of like an individualistic, I would say we exclude ourselves and we uh, are terrified of being rejected and we exclude ourselves and we become very judgmental and very callous and very mean girl energy as a way to defend against that so it, we become that lone wolf energy and then we we um, project the um, that exclusionary energy onto other people so um I do think that's a big piece of this. And then if you look at the, one of the one of the biggest ones, in my opinion, um, and this is a byproduct of the first two that I shared, is we have a hyper focus on attractiveness. So level of attractiveness usually determines um, your seat at the table, right? And uh, the thing here is it's like, how are we defining attractive? You know, and I think a lot of gay men, um, at least this is my perception, struggle with platonic connection. And that's where a lot of us are going to feel included, right, is through like, we're all we're friends, let's hang out. But it's like, the first thing that I find that most gay men do is they they, they look at a guy and they assess is he fuckable or is he not? And if he's fuckable, I'm going to approach him and I'm going to include him because of his attractiveness, right? I get this all the time. And then as soon as I'm not interested in the other person. I'm no longer worthy of them connecting with me. So I get excluded if I don't agree to them wanting to fuck me, right? It's like a really messed up thing. And uh, so as long as I'm willing to be objectified, I have a seat at the table. But as soon as I'm like not in that energy anymore and I'm like, no, I don't want that. I'm, I no longer have a seat at the table. So I think attractiveness, there's, there's a massive... Um, I, I don't want to say this is like, it, it is dysfunctional, but it's like, it's also 
it, it's evolutionary. It's it's you look at men and women, they're attracted to each other. They have this dynamic, but they have separate genders. So they play out that role, right? Or, or separate biology, even I'll say is probably more appropriate. Um, whereas us as gay men, we are friends with the same people that we have sex with, same gender, same sex that we have sex with. So it's it makes it very challenging. So I think gay men really need to learn how to uh, lead with Yes, I recognize you're attractive and I, I, I see that, but I'm not excluding people because they aren't fuckable, right? It's like, what value can somebody provide you if they're not attractive or attractive to you, I should say? Um, can this person still stimulate my brain? Can this person still stimulate my heart, right? I think that's the work that we need to do as gay men is open ourselves up to, to um, including people based off of... Uh, uh, the areas other than uh, physical attractiveness yeah those are the most common ones for me that i see yeah yeah what about you mr michael uh i agree with all of that and i think i love that you took it into the very tangible gay world my yeah. first my first instinct in answering this question was like a, a like <laughs> fifty thousand foot view of it and my first instinct was we're human and if you think about it, this is not a cop-out answer, but we humans have been marginalizing other humans since we were primates. <laughs> and, totally. and primates, it still happens, right? Uh, there, There's always going to be a dominant group. Even within the not-dominant groups, the sub-factions are still dominant groups within the little groups, right? It's just, it's just what we do. There's always going to be a social hierarchy. And I think that's, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I think that's kind of how we're built, for better or for worse. Um, so, you know, because it's part of the world, it's part of our culture. It's part of pr probably part of every culture, right? Even if you look at the, like within a society, like let's say one country, um, there's going to be dominant groups in that country. Um, so yeah, I mean, we see it here. We see it with, you know, hetero and homo, even within homo, there's, you know, these gays and those gays, and, and it just kind of goes on. And I think that doesn't mean we don't try to make it better though. I want to, I want you to hear me out on this just because it's sort of always there doesn't mean we can't try. And I think it's important to try. So that's what we've been doing with these last few podcasts. And um, I think there's always going to be that human desire to want to be in the in crowd, to want to be accepted. And I think what happens is we exclude others as a misguided way to create acceptance and belonging for ourselves. And we're not doing it the right way. It's a misguided attempt, in my opinion. So I mean, that's, I think that's what it is. It boils down to ignorance, a lack of understanding, lack of consciousness. And we all need to take responsibility for um, watching that kind of narrative happen in your mind and choosing not to do that. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Michael. I always learn so much from you guys when I'm like <laughs> conversation. It's like, there's so much to consider. Thank you. Yeah. I, 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 what makes sense to me is that when when I lack acceptance and belonging within myself, you know, acceptance of myself, belonging to myself, belonging within myself, acceptance within myself, that extends, that extends, that permeates outwards. It's how I meet the world. Mm -hmm. you it's the it's the lens, it's the filter through which 
everything enters and exits, right? And I may have had a different answer at another point, but this is just currently and presently what makes sense to me. And, you know, what's what's interesting is that, um, and not, I, I guess this is the terminology I'm going to use in this moment, um, even though I, I'm not big on right and wrong. So I'm using this word loosely, but when I am in my right mind and my right heart, and I think an, another way of saying that is when my heart is clear and open and my mind is as such, um, you know, in the previous podcast, I talked about being in love with everyone in the room. When I'm in that state, acceptance and belonging are a byproduct. They become very natural. So I, I can remember um, I was on a bus one time and this was during sort of the, what I would regard as the height of my spiritual awakening. My spiritual awakening, as I describe it, simplified, was that there were things that um, I was maybe not seeing or noticing or experiencing or experiencing connection to previously that I suddenly found myself experiencing connection to. It was like this awakening. And I remember being on the bus and there was this moment where my heart and my mind, and my being were so open and so receptive that I I wanted to tell everybody on the bus that I loved them. No, I was not on any mind-altering substances, you know, not, there was none of that. I wasn't drunk, I wasn't high, hadn't even had coffee. Um, and yet that was my experience. I, I believe that, you know, in, in my experience, this speaks to a capacity within all of us, a potential within all of us. And 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 I think that what makes sense to me is that that begins what 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 you know, why that is lacking, rather, is because I have not yet accepted and experienced belonging and acceptance to their fullest capacity within myself. I think mm -hmm. that that to me is fundamentally in my, my own experience what is what is most responsible. And then the byproduct of that is, you know, is um, it's like, oh, well, I don't love and accept my own body. So you know, or, or belong to my own body. So, of course, like, I'm going to have trouble doing that with anybody else, right? Um, and so on and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that, what parts of yourself do you struggle to accept, to belong to? You know, what, what parts? Who wants to take this one? I can start with this one because it just yeah, shot up as soon it. as I, there's right. a few, there's a few. And yeah. I've done a lot of work on this, right? We talk about yeah. this all the time. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work and we all have on, on integrating these things, right? So there's the parts of us that we don't like our perceived flaws, whatnot, whatever you want to call it. So minor, minor, the first one that came to mind was rage, my rage self. I struggle to accept that I have rage, so much rage at times with given circumstances. It happened today, this morning, actually funny. We were talking about this. I was, I'm a, I'm a morning person. I have my quiet morning time while my partner's still sleeping. I have my coffee. I do my thing. And I was having the most beautiful morning. It's a sunny day here. And I'm sitting outside having my, my coffee. And all of a sudden like a leaf blower or like someone just starts fucking landscaping <laughs> at like seven 30 in the morning. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I went from like super peaceful, Michael, to like, I'm going to take a sniper and kill this person, <laughs> which is not like me, as you guys know. But yes, it is yeah. like me, but that that exists, right? This ragey Michael does exist. So I think that's that's a part of myself I don't love. Um, uh, it's it's hard to accept that I have that that rage within me because I, I'd like to 
I like to present as not that. And most of the time I'm fairly peaceful and chill, but not all the time, guys. Um, and then the other piece is uh, the insecure stuff. So I struggle to accept a lot of insecurities. I work on them, but uh, they're there. And I'm like, why is this still here? <laughs> I've done so much work on this. Why is I, Why am I still getting, you know, the, the afraid self, uh, the fear of failure, all that, all that stuff that we talk about here that's still alive with me. I mean, I don't, it's not like I don't accept it. I do. I know that that's part of me and I'm, I've, I've become really good at um, tending to it and loving it and nurturing it and caring for it and um, giving myself compassion and grace when all of this shows up. But there's times I'm still like, Ugh, why are you here still? Like, mm -hmm. can we not be over this already, Michael? <laughs> so yeah, those are my two. Rage and insecurity. Thanks for sharing, Michael. What about you, Matt? Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, geez, I'm meeting a lot of these right now. It's really interesting. I'm going through a massive overhaul. Actually, I wouldn't even call it an over. It's a rebirth. I'm going through a massive rebirth in my life right now. And I'm shedding another layer of uh, my ego and uh, all the stories that it's told me to keep me safe. Um, I'm like exiting that comfort zone, that safe, moving into a different cocoon, we'll call it. And um, so I'm meeting all the stories that I've told myself that are keeping me in this reality from and preventing me from leveling up so I'm shedding away stories and um, so one of them that's coming through <laughs> really big for me is I should be further than I am because of the work that I do and uh, it's really interesting what really activates me and how I met this part of me is um, seeing other people that are in this field in the field of you know um, self-help spirituality and when they project into the world that their life is so functional and that you know they're elevated above here and that they're helping people um from a place there's it's lacking humility and that really triggers me because i'm like i'm suffering still i'm still going through rebirthing i'm still going through all these things and i think i carry this ideology that because of the work i do i should be whatever enlightened it's too strong of a word but i should be further along on this journey than i am so there's that part of me the you know that it's almost like the traumatized inner child part of me that is still wreaking havoc in my life like i i still struggle with this because i experienced a shit ton of trauma in my life and i'm still unpacking it and um i yeah so there's that there's definitely that part of me and then through meeting this this energy i'm like i'm realizing how scared i am and how throughout my life i have completely uh well, dissociated or or disconnected from this part of me that's scared. And I'm a firm believer that in order to get through trauma and to heal trauma, you have to go through the fears. You can't bypass them, right? You got to come back online. You got to be with all the fears. You got to be with all the stuff that that you're afraid of. And then you got to, then you move through. I'm still in that reclaiming, repulling back in the awareness of what I'm scared of. And so the part of me that's scared, I have a lot of shame around that because I, I, think my way of dealing with that growing up was to be strong and just to pull through. And, but that was showing up in my relationships as control, um, dominance, right? And it was really the shadow side of my fear coming out to try to protect myself. So there's definitely that aspect. Um, and then what I'm meeting now is, is because I am being so radically honest with myself right now is 
I'm a beginner at a lot of things. I'm actually a beginner right now at being with my fear <laughs> because I've been bypassing it with dissociation and different numbing and all these other tactics. And I'm, I'm a beginner at being with fear right now. And it's, it's overwhelming me. And that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. And so that's a part of me that I'm having a hard time accepting is that I am quite scared of a lot of things in this world. And, um, but I'm learning how to meet those fears and, you know, alchemize them into courage, but it's very, very hard work that I'm going through right now. And, um, so that's definitely um, one of them. And then I would say one of the bigger ones is still the femininity energy. I still struggle with that fucking energy, man. It's like, it's crazy um, how deep this goes, the conditioning um, around this. And it's less the slow down. I'm not talking about feminine energy. I've very much integrated that aspect of things. Now I'm talking more so about the gender, the actual gender energy. I struggle with being seen in that feminine energy. Um, then there is parts of me that I am like that. Like I dance probably more on the feminine side. I, um, and I'm using these words as far as I'm conditioned, everyone's going to develop that their meaning for what that means to them. I'm not, I'm not projecting my definition and saying that this is how it is. This is how it is for me. So I'm owning that. Um, so I'm still trying to make peace with that. And it's, uh, and maybe that's why the tacky energy in the gay community is, is it really bothers me is because I, I associate tacky with that, like really feminine kind of glitter, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of have ideologies and I'm also very attracted to like hyper-masculine men. Like I love, um, I, and, and when I say that I'm using the traditional sense of what that means, um, and I'm not attracted to guys that are into glitter or painting their nails or, or anything like that. So I think I do project that onto myself, like, because I'm not attracted to that, then somehow if I, if I display these qualities, that it'll make me less desirable. So it probably has something to do in that realm. But um, I've made huge strides in the last four years, like on this in such a tremendous way. Um, I'm showing up in, in the feminine energy, almost more than the masculine energy uh, around being more slow, being nurturing, um, compassionate, uh, but I'm still learning how to integrate the parts of me that want to maybe explore with femininity in the sense of gender. Um, but yeah. Lots of things, lots of things right now coming to the surface. And hey, I'm just owning them, right? And I'm working with a with a somatic therapist um, and doing a lot of really embodiment um, work. So processing, and then we sit and, and embody and integrate all of the things that we're working on in a, in a somatic way. So really powerful, really powerful transformation I'm going through. And I look forward to it being um, a little bit more slowed down and not as rapid so I can share from a more of a conscious place as to like, you know, the wisdom that this transformation is going to give me so I can start sharing it with my audience. But um, I'm in the middle of it right now. So, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I love about this podcast is that in this interesting way, it's a therapy session. And I really want to acknowledge you guys for mm -hmm. like your openness and your transparency because I feel like, you know, you, we share so much of ourselves here, you know, even, even, even sometimes as it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this podcast isn't just about like the idea of gay men going deeper. You're literally witnessing gay men go deeper in the moment, you know, like as mm -hmm. it's happening. So 
I just want to thank you. Um, Thanks, Rina. and yeah, as you were speaking, I had this like aha moment that is so exciting to me in a way. It's kind of obvious, but it's like, well, the parts of myself that I struggle to accept the most are the parts of myself that I struggle to accept in others. I was, I was like, I immediately, I was like, okay, well, what can I, what can't I stand about my mom and my dad or, <laughs> or like my friend Matt or my friend Michael, you know, or my friend whoever, right? It's like, mm, that's probably a sign. That's probably, that's probably a sign that those are parts of myself that I'm going to struggle to accept. So like, for example, I'm like, man, mom, can't you just like, be more on time or like why are you so messy you know or like how come you're always tired or taking naps <laughs> like you know I mean there's so many things um my dad and his like anger and his like rage and stuff like that I judge the crap out of that right um people who think that they know it all um at same thing, you know, it's like, I want to know it all. And I also think that I know it all sometimes too, but I struggle to accept that, right? There's like the, you know, hustlers or, you know, people in that like hustle culture, the, you know, people who think they're teachers or people who are self-righteous or whatever. It's like, man, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. All things that just like have me shook and like piss off at somebody else or judging someone else. Like those are all the parts of myself that I struggle to accept, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, and then maybe even more subtly is like, maybe I see someone who's like got quite a bit of extra meat on their bones, right? Like, I don't know, someone who's got like a, like, I mean, to be honest, I actually don't mind a belly so much. I think it's cute. And I'll love on someone. I'm in a place where I'll love on someone's belly now. A, because I actually do love it. But B, because for me, I just like, I'm learning to like love my own body. So when I see someone who's got a belly, like, you know, someone I was dating previously and they're all like insecure about it, I'll like lay on it and cuddle it and love on it, you know? So I'm certainly learning and then the practice of loving those parts that like are really hard to love. But that was such an aha moment for me. It was like, okay, you know, Matt, I've heard you say this multiple times before. Our triggers are our teachers, you know? So it's like, boom, if I want to see where I'm struggling, I just got to look at where I'm being a hater, you know, <laughs> for real, where yeah. I'm like, you know, where I'm triggered. And it's like, boom, there it is right there in your face, you know, yeah. uh, for you to welcome, for you to accept, you know, as we're talking about. Yeah. 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 I want to ask you something, Reno. What, yeah, so when, when something, when a trigger hits you what do you do to mitigate exploring it? Like what's the defense mechanism you're using? Because I think for so many people, it can be a bunch of them. And I think this would be a really powerful conversation to have because a lot yeah. of us are really good at judging, but we don't know how to actually own and be with like the, but we have to first stop. We have to stop the ego from like denying, projecting, blaming, whatever it is that the ego does. And then we have to bypass that defense mechanism so we can get to the heart of it actually being about us you know it's that's really hard mm -hmm. because I immediately like I use the word hard and it like it is because it's like in that moment I harden up mm -hmm. so what makes sense to me is that oh and even as I'm talking about it I'm like it's so hard to do it's so uncomfortable yeah. but it's like I have to do the opposite 
of what occurs to me in that moment, but not in an aggressive way because that doesn't work. It's like, okay, slow down, deepen my breath. Like I'm having an emotional, an emotional visceral experience right now as I'm going mm -hmm. in. Thank you for this. Because mm -hmm. it just happened earlier today. You know, I'm I'm reacting and I'm shutting down and I'm closing up and I'm tense and I'm hard. Okay, well, what do I do? It's like, oh, well, breathe. Like, slow down, breathe, breathe. You know, what I noticed too, like, hey, we're in a gay podcast. Butt sex, right? Penetration. Something is entering your booty hole. Like, the 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 impulse is to clench to tighten up because you're like ooh you know <laughs> you start to breathe and you start to relax and it loosens up it loosens up and then there's it's easier for things to flow in and out you know and move as they naturally do it's like that hopefully not out <laughs> right right ideally exactly yeah but that's what makes sense to me in these moments is to like okay I know it's hard but like. Okay, slow down, connect to the breath, you know, try to try to like, you know, try to welcome what's there, accept what's there. It belongs, you know, we're talking about accepting and belonging, let it be there. Okay, now that you're in a regulated state, it might naturally or more naturally occur to you. Be curious. Hmm. Okay, well, what what was that about? Why is this creating this experience for me? Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> what experience would I like to be having instead of this? <clears throat> you know, it's like, well, Byron Katie, the work, for example, she says, well, is it true? Can you be absolutely certain that it's true? How do you feel when you think this thought? <clears throat> Who would you be without this thought? You know, so it's really, it becomes this process of applying compassion and curiosity and acceptance and belonging to myself first, mm -hmm. whatever comes up within me. And then as a byproduct, I can begin in a natural way, not a forced way, not a phony way, not a fake way, not a performative way to extend that outward. And suddenly I experience gradually, perhaps over time, a reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So next time that happens, I'm less triggered. And the next time I'm less triggered. And the, and before I know it, it's like, doesn't even phase me. Doesn't mm -hmm. even phase me. My butthole is just loosey goosey. <laughs> Kidding, but <laughs> you know. Are you but, though? Are you? <laughs> and, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it, it then it becomes like really pleasurable. It becomes really pleasurable to be receptive, to be relaxed, to be regulated, you know. What are we talking about exactly? <laughs> <laughs> what aren't we talking about <laughs> yeah thank you i love that thank you for bringing me into that you know yeah cool. like i went through it as as mm. i through it you know? yeah yeah it's like a it's a process of challenging the ego and it takes a lot of work to get to that point because if we're operating in egoic states 95 percent of the time we haven't actually connected to our witness consciousness or our higher self-consciousness we can't challenge our ego so you see these people in the world that are just going on and they're just like 
they're they're they have no ability to be self-aware or introspect at all it's because they haven't actually developed that part of themselves yet and usually we develop that part of ourselves through a spiritual awakening process where we develop and we expand out and we start to develop that other that other part of ourselves so we can recognize duality right if we're if we're if we can't recognize duality we're going to stay in that autopilot egoic state um, so challenging the ego is like exactly what you said like i notice a judgment okay why why am i judging that person that's challenging the ego is this actually true what does this mean about me right it, it's very it's a very uncomfortable process at first but it requires it requires a lot of uh, radical honesty with self and but i do think that's that's the answer probably and, answer the next question as well well right. and Own life will shit. serve you that life will serve you that stuff on a silver platter it constantly is it's like just exactly. like your intentions are like every day life's like here you go your healing your freedom your love everything you want abundance everything you want it's like i'm serving it to you on a platter but before you can exactly. get exactly you've got to like do what we just talked about here in order to experience yeah. acceptance belonging etc home being at home in yourself and at home in the world yeah. right that's how we get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. the amount of triggers one has is the amount of work one has to do on themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm a firm believer sure. in that. So if you notice, like I would say, like, and I always say this to my clients, you notice like the uh, that you're progressing on your healing journey when there's less activations coming up in your life uh, that are related to you, I'll say, because somebody doing a shitty thing is going to activate you, but it might not have anything to do with you. It's just you're just observing somebody's shitty behavior. That isn't a determination of how much work you have to do, in my opinion. But when it's about us is, is what will tell us how much work we have to do. Totally. Yeah. I, th I think the spiritual journey isn't about people being happy. It's about being peaceful. Like people think happiness is the goal. I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm. The goal is not happiness. It's just you become more peaceful. Yeah. Right. And that's what I try to explain to people who are like, wait, why do you, why are you so into this? I'm like, honestly, like I exactly what you had said. It's just things just bother me a lot less because I know what's my lane and I know what's not. I yeah. know what to take ownership of and I know what not to. Totally. Mm -hmm. totally. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so much more we could riff on in that regard. So <laughs> yeah. on that note, like, you know, perfect segue. I love this, the flow. Um, uh, like, how can we begin to cultivate more of that acceptance and belonging within ourselves and the gay community? You know, like, how can we learn? How can we learn to belong? Right. I got a two-parter for this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's the same two parts I usually have. One is your mindset and how you choose to think. And then the other one is taking action in the, in the real world. So let's talk about the mindset. So the question was, how do you, um, what can you do within yourself to, to accept and belong? Yeah. Okay. So first thing you got to do is give yourself permission. So many times we don't even give ourselves permission to belong, right? We see ourselves as an outsider. And as, as soon as you identify as the outsider, you're not going to give yourself that permission to belong. And for a lot of people, even though it doesn't sound like it's a good thing, we're comfortable on the outside, like lone wolf, right? We like being on the outside. There's safety there. So it's really hard, as much as it sounds nice, to give yourself permission to belong. You, your part of your brain's like, uh-uh, no, mm -mm, we're not going there. We don't want to do that. But if you truly want that belonging, you have to allow yourself and give yourself permission and say the words to yourself, I deserve to take up space. Mm -hmm. I belong here. 
your brain's going to fight you. I, I know because I've been there. Let it fight you. It's okay. Keep going. Right. So a lot of the times, like we've talked about, we exclude ourselves. This isn't always the case. Sometimes people act actually exclude us and there's something to be said for that. But oftentimes we exclude ourselves. And so you need to take ownership over what is yours. That's why I love this question, Reno, kind of asking like, what can you do in here? That's where your power is. Uh, you know, we can't make as much as we try other people to accept us. We can't make them invite us to their party. We can't make us, we can't make them invite us to things and, and you know, bring us in. So the work that you do have, the empowering piece is what can I do for myself here? So take ownership. Part of that in the gay community, and I see this a lot, and it's one of my pet peeves, speaking about rage. <laughs> I get ragey. When people put other gays on a pedestal and then mm -hmm. complain that they're looking down on them. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, you can't complain about it in one hand and then feed it with the other. That's not okay. how that works. You're 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 saying, oh, the A gays and the elite gays. I'm like, don't even call them that. Don't even use that language. That's bullshit, <laughs> trash language. And you're feeding into your own sense of not belonging. And I get really upset <laughs> because people do this all the time. And they blame, they blame this is like the gay culture. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of issues with gay culture, but also stop doing that. Mm -hmm. stop stop saying oh well they're over there i'm gonna like let them let them have their thing i'm gonna just stand on the side of here no walk into the middle of the like group and just like <laughs> you guys are at equal we're all equal no one's better than anyone right there's no a gays there's no elite gays trash that talk right away mm -hmm. you have to stop putting people on a pedestal because if you put them on a pedestal they're going to look at you like you are beneath them right exactly. um yeah. there's a quote that i love if people if someone's walking all over you get up off the floor yeah, I love that. Right. So that's the one hand. It's a mindset thing. The other piece of it is taking action in the real world. So again, this is all about, you know, where where you can make changes, right? You can make changes in your mind and you make changes with what you do. So if you feel like you don't belong or you're you're not being accepted, then find the spaces and the people that are going to make it easier for you. Right. If the gay bar isn't your scene and you don't like it there, don't go there. Right. Mm -hmm. There's other lots of other places to meet guys, gay guys for, for fun, for romance, for friendship, for whatever, right? There's so many online communities. There's so many groups. I was Googling this, um, just different gay groups, right? Gay dads, gay naturists, gay entrepreneurs, gay artists, gay activism, all of it. There's something forever, gay pickleball. All right, whatever that is. But yes, there's something for everyone, right? So you have to take that ownership and like look for it. And if it doesn't exist, create it. Right. Um, get off of Grinder. <laughs> if you're if you're on Grinder and you're not enjoying your time on Grinder, if it's not serving you, and don't get me wrong, I love Grinder. If it's not serving you, get off. Put it away. Go find other things. Go find other spaces. And I want you to notice if you're listening to me and your first reaction is yeah, but mm -hmm. that's 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 a sign. You need, need to call me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we gotta get that out of there. Or there's no yeah buts because that's just excuses. Yes, it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy at all. It's hard. You're going against all that conditioning and all that stuff, but you have to take that ownership. So yeah, you have to allow yourself to belong, give yourself permission, feel the fear and do it anyway, and go find the spaces where that's going to be easier for you. Don't don't try to belong to something you don't want to belong to. Know who you are. I think Reno, one of your questions was, um, who, who am I or, or who, was that it, Reno? Yeah, um, that's a great question to ask. Like, who am I authentically? And what do I authentically want to spend time with people doing, right? If you don't want to be covered in glitter, then don't. 
go for find find people who want to go for a hike find people who are interested in astrology or pickleball or whatever that is right mm -hmm. uh, the the group that you want to belong to is not just going to show up on your doorstep knock on your door and be like hey you want to be friends with us that's not how that works mm -hmm. you got to take that initiative yourself mm -hmm. that's my that. answer yeah thank you what about yeah. you Matt? Yeah, that was good. You basically said everything that I was going to say, but I'll I'll put just a different spin and I'll keep it short because I know we're we're tight for time here. But um, there's two pieces to this. I think the acceptance of self. We have to do some deconditioning work around getting really clear about what we who we authentically are. So we have to unlearn the stories that of the inauthentic self, right? And do that. It's a healing work. It's it's and it's usually healing shame and trauma because those are the things that tell the stories of who we're not. And they keep us hiding who we authentically are because we're terrified of sharing that with the world. And then I think once we do that work, we can get to a place where we can allow ourselves to belong and be authentic in that. And we don't try fitting in. We actually allow belonging, which is I'm an authentic individual and I'm going to be part of this group and I can still maintain my sovereignty, my agency and be who I am. And then that the beautiful thing about that is when you're authentic, you will attract your tribe. Your vibe will attract your tribe. When you're inauthentic, you're going to continue to perpetuate attracting inauthentic people. And I think for me, again, it was the same thing. I was playing out the story of the inauthentic Matt and attracting all of these inauthentic people. And it, I was never satisfied in the gay community. I actually hated, I despised the gay community. When I got into alignment and I started to honor that, yes, I'm a I'm a woo-woo gay. And I started to the brotherhood and I started attracting this energy now I, I feel like I, I've found my people, you know what I mean? Like, and it's amazing. So, and that all came because I had the courage to be my authentic self and share it with the world. So that's mm. my spiel. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. What about yeah, you? My Mina? answer would be, um, you know, I'm like, I, I land on this planet, you know, I'm born, I come into the world, I observe the world. The world provides me with inter information about how I survive and thrive in the world. And I move accordingly. Mm -hmm. And so what I start to understand is that there are like, you know, ways of conduct that create love, safety, belonging, significance, meaning um, in my life. And so I start to do the things that create that experience for me. Um, but at some point I start to realize like, oh, you know, maybe that isn't working for me. And so, yeah, I think like coming back to what I said earlier, I, I, I really think it starts with um, compassionate inquiry, you know, and curiosity. Mm -hmm. Like, where am I not experiencing acceptance and belonging within myself and why, you know, within the gay community and why is that? And then you said something beautiful. I've realized the more acceptance and belonging I've experienced within myself the less these things that I thought I wanted, I want. It's like, oh my God, you know, it'd be great to win a Grammy sometime. I want to be part of that club. And then at some point I'm like, why would I want to be a part of a club that doesn't want me to be part of it? You know what I mean? And like, why do I even want that? Why did I want that? Oh, because I thought it would give me this thing that I thought it held that was outside of me when actually inside of me, you know? Um, so that's a whole other conversation. But let's say that's that's generally my answer to that question is to like is to start within and then it will naturally occur to me to support you know to support the energy of acceptance and belonging outside of me and around me you know it'll permeate naturally 
and you said it starting, you know, starting, I think starting internally with the mind and the body and regulating and all that inner work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a beautiful conversation and mm -hmm. the beginning of, you know, of a larger, a larger conversation, you know, it, it starts here, but it doesn't end here. You know, the conversation continues after the podcast, you know, and our lives. So go back, listen again, take notes, you know, and take it out into the world and into your practice and into yourself and your life. Exactly. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Michael. Um, and thank you, listeners. As we wrap up, um, to continue the conversation, join us in the private Facebook group, The Gay Men's Brotherhood. That's on Facebook. You can also subscribe and leave us a review and comments. Let us know what you liked about the episode. Maybe share like a takeaway you had or something like that, something that stood out to you something that you may put into practice. And, and then lastly, you can visit us at www.gaymensbrotherhood.com for more information about the community, what's happening, what we're up to, some of the recent offers, et cetera. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and, and for doing the work to create the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. Yeah, love you guys. Love you, Reno. Thanks. Good job Bye. today. <laughs>